This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. You refer to how in multifamily, the term is per door. This is how much the room costs per door uh, or, or the building costs per door. In hospitality, they use keys, which is even <laughs> even more difficult to comprehend. And I know when I first came across it, I was like, that's a lot of money per key. Like, no, no, no. Key is basically the metaphor for the entire unit and room and how much you expect to make. But there is a lot, it seems like multifamily can learn from hospitality. By the very nature of the term hospitality, it's supposed to be about delivering a service. And it seems crazy to me that there's so much focus on delivering a service when the user base or guest base is very transient, they're coming in and out. Service is even more important when you live in a place and you call it your home and you're paying a, a property manager or you're paying a, you know, the investor to provide the roof over your head. The, the, you can have a bad experience in a hotel, but you certainly don't want a bad experience where you live. People remember, and that's where it becomes for property managers, I get it. We always joke sometimes that we don't compete against other prop tech firms or other fintech firms. We compete against the boiler exploding because the boiler explodes and everybody in the property has to go deal with the boiler, right? Like, and, and they don't return our calls for a bit, you know, because the boiler exploded. So I, I really have a lot of empathy for the property management side because uh, there's some really tough things that happen in, in properties and you're always reacting to the next thing and you don't know necessarily what's going to be coming up. But because of that reactive nature, that all the customer service things that we expect as empowered consumers everywhere aren't happening. So at the same time, while you're fixing the boiler, people don't remember that you fixed the boiler. They, they, they forget that pretty quickly. Oh, the boiler is now fixed. But they do remember when it took you five days to not be able to get there. They do remember. So being able to create this better customer experience and getting to know somebody does a number of things. I mean, you get better what's called resident satisfaction. They like saying resident satisfaction. I prefer to think about it as delightful. Like I think satisfaction is like, I don't even spend a lot of money on just being satisfied with the product. You try to buy products that delight you and do something amazing. I think it has to go that step further. But a lot of that can be handled digitally, right? So a lot of the other stuff you're doing as a property manager has to be fiscal by nature. So it's great when you're able to offer a digital product that can just take care of some of that for you as a property manager and take that take it off your plate and at the same time reduce costs, right? If you can get the, get the re reduction in costs and uh, and also create that delightful experience here, you, you've really done something special. Um, walk us through the unit economics of a concession. It's, uh, th there can be a lot of debate around what the concession should be. And a lot of naive investors really see concession as, oh, you know, it's vacant anyway. So we might as well just give a month free so we can fill it faster, but that's the wrong way to look at it. And, and that's something you, you, you preach a lot in the marketplace. Maybe you can walk us through that. Right, I think that, so if you think about the retail industry for a second and what it was like four or five years ago at H&M, Gap, Uniqlo, and it moved to fast fashion, right? And it went from four seasons to six seasons to eight seasons to now to 16 seasons. And everything's always on sale. You don't go into a, you know, I never expect to go into an H&M and buy something full price. It's always going to be 20% off. And that's a similar problem you have with concessions. That when you constantly are saying, well, it's one week, two weeks free, people are like, well, that's just the price, right? That's not just the price. And so they don't feel like they're getting anything. It doesn't feel like you're doing anything for them. And they don't have to do much to be able to get it. 
So it's this gap between asking and effective rent. Asking rent is the amount that you're saying, I think this should be $1,000 a month. But what you actually got was lower than that. Right? And, and so, and the banks know that, your next buyers know that, and they look at that but that net price, not the gross price. They're going to be like, well, your effective rent was actually $900, not $1,000. So that has a lot of knockdown effects. And what, what we do is we say, no, the price should be the price. When I, uh, I don't get to negotiate with American Airlines. They don't get to negotiate with American Express on what the, the cost is. For saying the cost is a cost. And then they reward me, right? And then they give me rewards for being able to help me after that to be able to keep me close. But they're keeping the price where it is. So loyalty and reward should be something where it keeps the premium and the value of the property and saying, we really provide something here, it's important. I'm not gonna just knock off the price just cause. I'm gonna do it because you pay us every month and because you take an action as well. Now we have a two-way street and that's how most rewards and loyalty work, right? It's that it establishes a, a, a relationship that relationship is two-way. You do something to get something and both benefit. So I think in the current model, there's not a lot of data to say how much you should reduce, why the reduction should be there, and it has this really big economic impact on the building. You know, it's when you look at it from a psychological perspective, it's very easy to justify, well, you know, everyone's offering one or two months free rent. And I guess this unit's been empty for a while, so let's let's just offer one or two months free rent anyway. Whereas if a tenant were here right now and you were told to put $2,000 in their pocket, that's quite uncomfortable. Wait, what, why would I just put one or $2,000 in their pocket? That, that's a lot of money just to give a tenant. People don't realize they're effectively the damn same thing. Well, I think it's really interesting because the sort of idea that the, the market is saying this is what the, the price is goes against the basics of marketing. So <laughs> but if I, I was an interim CMO prior to starting stake and was put into a lot of chief marketing officer positions in, in Fortune 1000 companies in an interim, and if I went to the CEO and said, um, hey, there's nothing we can do about it, it's just what the market's doing, I would have been shown the door really quickly. The job of marketing is to differentiate your, differentiate your product and make it stand out and create the premium. I think in real estate, a lot of times it goes, well, we're, and it's a lot to do with a lot of the inputs that are coming from revenue management and property management software that's saying, this is what the price is. And that's certainly very useful information. You want to have data to know what the market is. But just because the market's doing something doesn't mean that's what you should do. You may have a more premium product. So what we give property managers and asset managers is data to say, not what the market's doing, but what their residents are doing. So this is the difference of sort of uh, a same day sale in retail or same store sale rather in retail versus member sales at Amazon. What is actually this person doing? And are they willing to be able to spend more? Cause they love it here. Like you should benefit if you've built an amazing product and people really love it. Who knows what the people next door are doing? They may have an awful product. And that's the reason why the prices are being brought down. So differentiation is the beginning of marketing and differentiation is the beginning of creating something more premium. And I think that that goes hand in hand. People are willing to pay for better product. Um, and all different categories are willing to be able to pay for different uh, for better product, and that's hopefully what we're able to expose. You know, say like, hey, you can you can you can do better here. When it comes to differentiating, what are some of the um, tactics you've seen beyond renovation and general amenities? And you know, just for sake of listeners, yes, you know, you can upgrade the countertops. You can have the pool. You can have a pool or ha have a pool functioning. So many pools don't even function properly, right? Um, you can have a dog park and, and that's a nice to have a lot of the times or you know a park or whatever it is that matches the, the tenant's profile. But what else can, uh, what else are you seeing property managers do to uh, differentiate? 
I think that the one big area that's coming in more and more is being able to offer a number of digital amenities, right? That, that are there that, you know, and, and saying, um, hey, here's something that you might be able to get nearby. The problem with the, with this is that you're guessing. I don't know if I try to guess one brand versus another brand, what's gonna work or not. I think that there's a lot of property managers that are, Moving into and getting that the biggest pain point is the money, the money, the money, right? It's a big decision. So there's some really cool stuff out there that's doing credit reporting, which I have a lot of respect for because it helps people saying, hey, if you pay your rent on time, we do credit reporting. Um, I think there's some really great companies like Asusu that are doing good stuff on, on that and we have a lot of respect for. I think there's some in the insurance category as well, making it easier to buy renter's insurance and stuff for deposit insurance. This is kind of the coalition around like, let's focus on what this is. This is a big financial decision and no kind of coupon to, is gonna help, like, you, you know, but it's a financial decision. So we focus on the cash back to build up real savings. Cash is universal and then where you decide to spend it is up to you. You know, that's something that can work for anybody. Um, I think the other area that property managers are, are trying to say, you, you can't suddenly add a pool without huge amount of costs uh, and this sort of thing. But I think they are getting a pretty good idea more and more about the community around the building. So I've seen some really cool things that are happening where people are starting to, to make bigger inroads to restaurants, cafes nearby and this sort of thing, or retail nearby, and trying to be able to see that more as an, an ecosystem. And that's some positive stuff I've seen happen with, with property managers. Yeah, and I think it's a new age way of thinking. It's no longer just a, a box with essential services that you're supposed to have because everyone wants you to have them. You know, you're supposed to have potentially laundry facilities if you don't have in-unit laundry uh, or a, a car park or whatever. Instead, you, you try to touch the tenant in their physical home, sort of the way you did with giving gifts to tenants as they come in, or putting money in the bank account when they pay their rent on time. Another company that uh, I invested in, Amenify, gives you a digital app where you can order on-demand services. You can have someone come and walk your dog for you. You can have someone cook for you or do some chores for you, such as cleaning. These are now seen as amenities, and this is a new age, a new way of thinking that the amenities aren't just down to the renovations. They're not just down to the marketing of how you, you know, create the materials and the signage around the building and, and the branding and the name and how beautiful the model room looks and how the office looks. It comes down to your mobile phone and your computer and where you're spending time and touching tenants there by giving real world services. I think I said you have to find what really matters to the resident and use data to be able to figure that out, right? If you can get the data to figure out what really matters, going back to our example of like just asking and then going from there rather than assuming and then kind of just giving it to them, that's where the people kind of abandon and go, you don't know me well, but if you know, if you get that right level of data and can figure out what happens, so obviously digital is the easiest way to be able to deploy. It makes it way easier to be able to get something to somebody and it's faster and has less cost to it. I think there's some really cool stuff though that's happening where beyond, and we talked about financial services a little bit, I've seen some folks starting to be able to bundle internet in with the, the home in the, in the right way. And I found some both pros and cons with that. So I've seen, I, I think that's amazing. So I think people are working from home and it's becoming like, well, I need more services to support what I'm doing from home and having a separate decision seems weird. But we've also seen some residents be like, well, I'm not sure if I trust the internet coming from the landlord and they still go around to be able to buy separately. So I think that as 
and, and this is kind of the ancillary services world where like, especially in single family, a lot of thought is going into like, well, how can we add other services to help residents so they can also buy from us? But I think you have to get over that trust barrier um, where if, you know, if they kind of go, well, this is a place that barely can fix the sink. How are they going to keep the internet going? Of course, it's two different things and they bought it wholesale to be able to put it in or what have you, but it's a trust level that you have to be able to build up. So like any brand to be able to make that cross sell, you have to build up trust. So I've seen folks do it really well and I've seen folks really struggle with it at the same time. You know, there's an interesting implication for prop tech founders when they're thinking about the distribution strategy and often property managers are a great distribution strategy. But then comes the challenge, do we white label this product so it's seen as if the property manager is delivering this? And in that case, if your property manager's brand is an internet brand suddenly, you know, we're heritage homes and here's our internet connection. You're gonna be like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure this is gonna compete with like Google Fiber Optic. You, I mean, Comcast does this every day and delivers it, not to say they always do it well either, but at least that's what their brand is meant to be, right? Is that they, they or Verizon or what have you. And then you have, Heritage Homes, who isn't known for that. So like any brand thing, it's a, the, the, what is your first recall? Now, I think a lot of very big brands have done a great job of creating ecosystems where they're pulling in and selling a lot of different things because they have a great connection to residents. So I think that's what they, and I'm thinking about that as like ingredient brands. You don't have to be able to brand everything and put your name on it. People probably won't remember their property name over Nike or Apple. You have these big names out there who remember, but they will remember incredible experiences. So the naming doesn't matter as much as the experience. If it works and people trust you, that's gonna be okay. But if they don't have the trust there and the last experience they had with you wasn't so hot, it's gonna to be tough to do. If signing the lease took a long time and it you know took two weeks to be able to get the lease from you and then you, the move in was tricky, chances are the internet install is gonna feel tricky or it's gonna be perceived as feeling tricky as well. So you kind of have to win on the basic things to be able to offer these other ones. So I think that a lot of prop tech that's coming in can help with that, um, but I don't think they should worry as much about the, the branding. I don't think that in the end of the day, the consumers remember the brand names as much as uh, as everybody would like to, like to think they do.